0: hey welcome everybody to top shelf the podcast a guide to high quality leadership spirits and everything in between all right here we go episode uno number one uh i'm your host jason kraus and with me as always my partner in crime
1: clinton robert latane
0: wow (laughs) that's what a what a start um so what we wanted to do is inspire leaders and um, um new people to industry and and leadership and we wanted to uh share with you our knowledge and our background and uh support people out there free of charge we're not looking for anything in return
1: right? i mean i'm so- always looking for stuff in return
0: okay well, maybe some sponsors as we kind of push along and, <laughs> and get a following you know um but today, uh, we want to start things off uh, with, you know, leadership and the time change, Daylight Savings Time, and the impact uh, to, to leaders and to people. Maybe, Clint, maybe hit us up with, you know, your thoughts on Daylight Savings times and the impact to you, maybe some people you know. Oh,
1: well, you know what? I'll actually start with a funny story I just heard yesterday on the radio. Um, there's, a, uh, there's a girl in Vancouver. Um, I won't say any names, but uh, I do know her. And she, uh, she called in and she wanted to let everybody know that um, instead of the dialing the clock back an hour, she accidentally dialed the clock forward an hour. So the entire day, she was two hours. Oh, uh, spring. Yeah, so she sprung ahead instead of oh, going backwards. Um, put her kid, kids to bed at 8 o'clock, but it was actually 6 o'clock. <laughs> and so with the struggle of daylight savings, as we know, um, can affect you in many, many ways. Imagine, uh, you know, doing it in... It's almost like... Like being jet lagged. Two hours. Yeah. Ouch.
0: Yeah, I mean, in people with existing, pre-existing conditions, uh, you know, it exasperates it. Um, depression, anxiety. This change is, is pretty big. It, i got to say it for myself. Um, you know, as a guy that gets up at 4 or 45 in the morning to go to the gym, that losing that kind of hour, um, I was a little bit drained. Didn't have the energy. Didn't have that jump. Still pushed through it. But... Um, It took me about four days kind of to get that, my my step, that pop of my step. And, um, you know, as leaders, we need to be mindful of it for our people and for ourselves, for that mental, for our mental health. So were you not big pop pump when you left the gym that day or? Uh, No, I wasn't totally swole, um, (laughs) as the young kids say, and I wasn't taking any TikTok videos in the change room, but, you know, I still put in, I put in my full, a full shift. It just didn't have that, that. That level of energy than normally would. Did Did you hear this? Is uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm making this up in my head. But
1: did California, Oregon, Washington, NBC all sign on to to get rid of daylight savings altogether starting next year? Or is that did I make that up?
0: No, no. I um I've heard that. I I got some reports on it. Um, there was a vote a few years back, 71% uh, of the people voted for uh, eliminating daylight savings time, uh, a poll done by AP Newark. Um, and so I believe 2023, we're going to be eliminating the daylight savings time. We're going to stay with the springtime number, and uh, we'll see what that effects have uh, globally or, or from the financial market, but from uh, a personal mindset and stability i i'm all for it
1: yeah no, i i think it's incredible i think it's something that we should have done a long time ago i am interested to see not just the financial markets but um, you know sports like schedules and you know we're going to be two hours behind Calgary now which is going to be interesting right so you got to, have to imagine that all these different enterprises and corporations are going to have to um, I don't know what I'm trying to say here just, just change yeah. their schedules and people are. Going to, it's going to be very confusing is what I'm trying to get to.
0: I think maybe um, some of those other regions um calgary or we always say calgary alberta saskatchewan maybe uh align with ours and kind of jump that clock with us you know the in theory the the reason for daylight savings time was to save energy uh for a better use of uh, of of the sunlight in the spring and summer but um i think we're kind of past that with technology we're past that with equipment and vehicles and and you know the the facts are uh, from a, from a circadian rhythm and, and sleep deprivation. And uh, it's better for humans, um, uh, from the results I've been reading online.
1: Yeah. No, me too. Great. No, that's, uh, it's interesting. I'm, um, interested to see how that all turns out and, and what those impacts are. So.
0: Yeah. Well, so we're going to wrap that up. We're going to put a bow on it. We're going to change gears a little bit. Um, and we're going to, we're going to talk about something that's, uh, I think very important uh, to myself and, and to Clint here and, and it is is to, with regards to uh, working from home or um, as it's also called teleworking or, or tele uh, commuting um, and that you know that facet of the change uh, of working from home and uh, shifting gears into it and so from our perspe- perspective of this uh, approach, I'm going to speak from the, the leadership side and we're going to have uh, some do's and don'ts, but we're, we're going to talk about, you know, the the change, of the telecommuting uh, work change. Maybe Clay, you want to hit us off with your kind of your thoughts and your feelings of working from home?
1: Yeah. And to, and to add, top up what you said there, Jay, is I'm going to probably hit you with a little bit of do's and don'ts from the employee side. So I have experience with working from home as an employee, but also as a leader and my wife. Also has uh, experience pre-COVID. She was working from home full time. Um, the, the business that she works for, she's on a national team and her office is quite small in BC here. So okay. a lot of her coworkers work back East in Ontario. And so she's been working from home uh, or telecommuting for probably about four years now. So I, I actually polled her, got some input from her as well. We don't talk much, but when we do, I, I, I take down the information. I take notes. I take it very serious. So, um, so I'm going to run through a list of that in a little bit. My personal opinion on it, I'm a big hybrid model fan. I do like working from home, but I also do feel there is value in going into the office or some sort of a work location, maybe having an offsite with your boss or your team. I really see the value there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like doing an interview. Sure, Zoom's fine or over the phone is fine, but there's nothing
0: better than meeting somebody face-to-face, you know, interview, trying to close (laughs) a sale. It's the engagement, that that human, the human to human contact, it for sure, hundred percent. Um, and, and and having that a real whiteboard. I've done the whiteboards online on Zoom and Teams calls. Nothing's nothing's the same as a, as a whiteboard with a felt pen and and a group sitting around yelling at ideas. He is, um, I think it's important uh, to connect as humans as well. And I think for that's sure. just who we are and is nature. Um, you know, the, I I love the fact that Zoom and and teams and, and the networks are built and constructed now so we can be disconnected kin- uh, remotely and, and across the, the entire globe. Uh, but I don't think um, it does That's good just to be working uh, solely, solely in an organization or company uh, strictly from a, from a PC.
1: Yeah, and, and you know what, just to add to that and for our listeners here is I do think it is widely dependent on your role or, or the company you work for, or the business that you own. Yes, absolutely. You run a software company, you can have people or an international brand. It's totally unrealistic to have people come into a central location. Maybe once a year, you're going to fly them to a Christmas party or a holiday event or I don't know, an engagement offsite, but there are certain roles in industries that Hundred percent, it makes makes sense to work remotely or telecommute. But we're talking more in the lines of our experience, rules that we've had in the past. And I think it's important to distinguish the the difference between the two.
0: Right, right. You know, there's also that impact of you know the socialization, the ability for people to talk one on one in social atmospheres as well. Because you're not going to be sitting at home your entire life. You're going to be in social. Uh, situations where you're talking to people face to face and are you are you losing that connection are you losing that ability to meet people and engage are you not you're not sharpening that knife anymore you're just kind of sitting behind a screen so you can kind of hide yourself um and and you can kind of protect yourself because you can always see yourself in there too right so i think
1: that's a good point somebody like yourself myself total extroverts right and i know i struggled with covid and being stuck in you know, and not being able to interface one-on-one with people in person. Um, But I'm able to bounce back. I'm an extrovert. It's, it's in my DNA, but imagine somebody that's that struggles with that and they have to fight through that daily just to be able to get out of bed and, and, and get ready. And, you know, live that routine and then go, go face to face in meetings. They must struggle so hard on, on a regular day. And now with COVID and, and or being forced to work from home full time, when they go back into the public, they're probably having a really hard time, uh, interfacing with other people. Yeah.
0: I'd love, would love to know too, maybe from the people out there that are listening, you know, if you're young and you're dating or you're trying to date people and you work from home, you know, are you losing that edge? Are you losing the ability to interact and engage, um, with other people? Is it something that you've kind of dulled your, that's that knife, that sword or, you know, and, uh, Maybe I'd like to. I love to hear feedback on that. If you if you want to share it um, uh, on our um, Twitter account or online, it'd be uh, just great to, to understand and know that uh, that that need or that gap.
1: Yeah, that I think the, the the last kind of point I want to make here is is the difference between Camp A and Camp B when it comes to working from home. Because we know that there's a large camp of individuals, whether it's the leader in the group, the business owner, or it's the employee themselves. That absolutely, don't want to work from home. They, they are fighting it tooth and nail. Even if it makes sense from a business perspective, there are leaders out there, there's even employees that just love going in. That's their routine, gets them out of the house, gets them away from their family and friends. They just like to get out of the house. And you know, in Camp B, is, is the opposite. They love the hybrid role or the hybrid model, or they want to work full time remotely. Um, you know, the idea of going back to work even one day a week or one day a month gives them anxiety, gives them stress. So yeah. to distinguish between those two camps, I think is important. And uh, and of course, you know, like all, like everything we're gonna talk about on this podcast, this is just our opinion. This is our our feedback based on our experience. And I think that that's important to uh, keep in mind as we go through, um, you know, what we're gonna talk about here from an employee and, a, and an employer standpoint. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> let me just kind of lead in uh, from a leader's pers- uh, perspective on, um Do's and don'ts, um, from, from my perspective as a leader, as an executive working with some of the larger corporations in, in British Columbia, um, some of the do's. Um, so make sure you set, as a leader, set achievable and acceptable, I like to call them SMART goals. So when I, when I talk about SMART, I don't know if you everyone's heard of it before. So it's basically SMART is specific, M is measurable. A is attainable, R is realistic, and T is time-bound. So, make sure you set those those achievable goals, your KPIs, with your employees, and make make sure they also agree to those. Because m- maybe they're stretch targets, and they just can't make them, or they feel as though they can't make them. So, you gotta get the, you gotta get that out in front of them. Um,
1: and I'm gonna cut y'all because it's such an important piece, right? I think this is this is the the pinnacle of what the the most important piece from an employer or employee standpoint is knowing what your role and responsibility Mm -hmm. is. It's tough to write that out. You know, at the end of your job application, it always says other duties as required. We know that, right? But I think if you are going to even dabble in that hybrid model with your team or your company, you got to sit down beforehand and create what does that role look like what are what are the key performance indicators you know what are the smart goals what are we trying to achieve as a team here uh, and i know you're probably going to dive a little bit deeper and i don't know what you're talking about yet cuz i haven't read your notes yeah. but yeah. i i I do think that this is probably the most important point out of everything we're going to talk about today.
0: Yeah, and, and when we set those goals and we have the same roles in the organization, those goals need to be the, the same for each individual employee. There cannot be no sacred cows. Um, I, don't, I don't personally believe in the sacred cows. It, just, it negatively impacts the culture of the whole team as an organization. Um, you also want to do check-ins. As a leader, you want to check-in. Um, we talked about mental health with the daylight savings time, but you want to make sure there's no issues or, or the focus uh, of the, uh, the worker is aligned with, you know, the tasks at hand. Uh, you want to make sure that their goals and achievements are being met. So check-ins, just check to see how their score, basically a scorecard. Um, you want to establish a work schedule. And now you have to get in alignment with the work schedule with the people you're working with. They may have different situations each. Uh, one could be a parent. Uh, one could be just a single uh, kid. Um, one could, you know, work remotely and then come in the office. But establish that set schedule. You know, whatever it is, eight to four, nine to five. Um, or
1: maybe, sorry, Jay, maybe like um, my wife's example is where she works... She works on the, on the West Coast, and all of her team work on the East Coast. So she cannot attend any meetings on the East Coast that start at eight o'clock because that's five a.m. here, and it's a bit unrealistic. So she set that expectation with her boss. Her boss has set that expectation with the rest of the team and their and their clients, and it's widely accepted. And it's actually okay. And like I said, it's been working for four years.
0: So. Yeah, and my final do um, you know following up on Clint's there is build an authentic connection. Uh, with each one of your employees. You got to work, as a leader, you have to work a little bit harder when someone's working remote through a computer to connect. You know, find things about them, what their passions are, find out who they are as a, as a person. Uh, learn about their family. Do they have dogs? Do they have a passion for race cars? Or You know, feed off of that and, and, try, and do your best to make notes as a leader so you can fall back on it. Always remember their name always remember their names of their husbands or partners and their kids. It goes a long way to know that you're engaged with them.
1: I agree. I agree. I think that's, you know, if I had to pick a number two point as most important, that would be it for sure. How do you know what drives your team, your team members, what motivates them? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe, Sally in your department doesn't want to become a leader. Maybe she's happy where she is, but how do you motivate her to continue to be happy where she is? And that's important, right? I think sometimes, I know I've done this in the past as a leader, is I'm always looking to build bench strength and, and looking to um, you know, build my succession plan and choosing who wants to be the next Clint. Maybe some people don't want to be Clint. You know, some people don't want that responsibility. Yeah. So what, how, what, how do you engage with them? You have to be, like you said, build that authentic relationship and understand what drives them. You know, maybe they're just saving up money to buy a boat or they're, they're a few years away from retirement. Okay, great. Let's keep, let's keep them motivated and and focus on that smart goal that you talked about
0: um and i'm gonna hit you up with a little i mean i don't want to go through a checklist i don't want this to be a, a podcast where we're going through a of that is one by one and robotic you know i think uh, that's the purpose of me and clint we're we're personal guys and, and but there is so much information that we have and i want to make sure we share it as much with you as as, as possible and I, I i'm full of a lot of don'ts uh, don't do's as a leader um i'll share a few with you and and then clint will kind of hit it from the the employee side. But, um, you know, don't as a leader micromanage and book numerous stacking meetings. Um, Thomas Sowell said it best. and It is one of my favorite one of my favorite new quotes. People who enjoy meetings should not be in charge of anything. And, And I believe that because if you're in back to back to back meetings, when do you when is there time to actually do the work? Um, I was caught up in, a, in an organization that loved meetings, and it was beat one after the other, and they wouldn't schedule even breaks for bio breaks or lunch or food. Um, and it became a point at the end of the eight-hour or ten-hour day, I had a lengthy list of actual work that I had to do and complete. I, I don't know how you could get through that um, with back-to-back, back, with the, the amount of meetings that you're booking. Have, so,
1: have you ever had, or have in your experience, because this has happened to me a few times, a meeting to pl- to prep
0: for another meeting, <laughs> yeah, we have tons of those. You want those meetings? Sometimes you want those meetings. Uh, if you're going to meet with an executive group at, an, at a big organization, I think you you can kind of do a dry run of what to say, how to say it, and you know, the approach. For I think, sure, I think sure. those are good meetings or can be good meetings. Just as an, you know, who's going to be there and set the tone. Um, you know, if if a, a CEO of a large corporation is going to be there and we wanna kind of focus our efforts that, I mean, those are good meetings. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. make sure we're all pointing in the right yeah. direction and right. we're talking to this, you know, the same language. I get that for sure. What I always had a challenge with is we'd have a static once a week meeting and there'd be somebody from the team that wanted to meet with me before to go over what they were gonna talk about. And, and, and you know, from a support and leadership standpoint, I always took those meetings, but it felt like I was having meetings about meetings about meetings and it's just like, where do we draw the line? and you know one thing i always gave advice to myself and to and to others is if you're not adding anything to a meeting if you're just sitting there for an hour and you're not talking you're not getting any value or you're not adding any value don't go to those meetings anymore you tell the meeting organizer you're not going to attend they won't take offense just say hey when you need me to say something or you need to you know, send me the meeting notes and I'll read them. Yeah. But if you need me to, to come in and actually speak on behalf of somebody or, or speak to a certain point or represent a certain group, no problem. But to sit there for an hour and not actually um, participate, total waste of your time. That, yeah. That's my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, totally agree. If you're not adding value, what we said if you're not adding value to the program or not adding value in a meeting, what, what's the point? right? Um, and don't feel bad for saying no. Um, you've you you got to schedule your time for deliverables. Um, another big thing for don'ts and super passionate about this because we, we're talking now about working from home and then we have a, a faction or a group that w- works from the office and working from home. Don't as a leaders have preferential treatment for the workers that work in the office. I mean, do not set bias. Make it open so that everybody that you're working with is an open approach and and you treat them all the same. Uh, I've seen it countless times where uh, a leader will uh, support the people working in the office more than they'll support the people working from home. And um, it's a big don't for me. Uh, because you're building factions and you're building a, a toxic culture because you're supporting the people in the office and you're not supporting the people outside the office, and and that spreads. That spreads.
1: Yeah, people people pick up on that. Um, they pick up on that during meetings. They pick up on that about conversations. Employees talk. Your team's talking. They're talking about everything. They're talking about how much they make. They're talking about what they did last weekend. Some of them build friendships. And when you have a friendship, you're talking very candidly about certain things. The leader of our organization really loves to take me for coffee every Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. And if you're at home every Tuesday, you're thinking, I'm missing out on something. I'm missing out on an opportunity. And where I think it really drives us, uh, a divide between teams is when all of a sudden that leader moves on and, and somebody's promoted within, and it's that office person that was going for coffee. And then so, you know, maybe that is, that side of the employees that I'm gonna talk about where you don't even wanna work from home. You wanna be in the office because mm-hmm. you want that face time with the, with the upper level yeah. management yeah. or senior leadership, whatever you wanna call it. So um, anyways, that's that's just to uh, add on to that. Yeah, and,
0: and to, for me to wrap up from a leadership, don't assume, you know, don't assume, don't make an ass of you and me that the staff are not working when they're working from home. Like do not assume that. You set the KPIs. Like I said, in the dues, hold them accountable to those goals and and, and monitor and, and check off their achievements. Uh, but don't assume that they're just sitting around um, eating bonbons or playing video games or watching TV. You need to have that level of trust that the people in those offices or those work home offices are actually do- delivering their work in their eight to 10 hour scheduled work window. Yeah.
1: And, and I think that's one of those urban legends of working from home and it's probably one of the caveats as to why people are so afraid to allow their team to work from home my suggestion if if you're just starting off doing this is is do a trial and like you said kpis is great but talk to you know talk to the team 360 evaluations how how does jason show up every day for work is he on time for your team meetings does he add value to the meetings is he is he hitting his targets what is the client saying? The next time you sit down with uh, with the big client, you're, you know, that Jason's, it's his portfolio. How's Jason showing up? Is he on time? Is he cancelling meetings? Are you getting at what you need from Jason? If all these boxes are being checked, then boom, you have a successful hybrid work from home uh, plan that's fully operational. If they're not being checked, then yeah, you need to reevaluate. Because with any employee that you may have, there's the good ones and the bad
0: ones, yeah. of course. Yeah, Agreed. Agreed. Um, all right, Clint, switching gears to you uh, from, from the employee's perspective.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I, I cheated a little bit here because, like I said, my wife's been doing it for about four years. I managed to pick her brain. We came up with a, with a short list in no particular order. Um, here are the do's and don'ts for employees from working from home.
0: You're not going to go through the whole list, are you? Well, maybe. How many? That's a big list. There's like nine bullets. That's books. too many. That's nice too many. half of this beer. Uh, okay. Well, all right. I'll, I'll cut you off after I've heard too much.
1: Okay. So we'll start with a do. So do ensure that you know your KPIs, targets, and overall job expectations. So to Jason's point, setting that as a team or as a leader is very important, but making sure that as an employee, you understand that. What are you responsible for? So another do, maintain regular contact with your team, your customers, and your boss. I mean, this is a very crucial uh, step for not only your engagement, but for your, your leader's engagement and his trust or her trust in you. If you're not maintaining that contact or having that regular check-in, the leader the leader doesn't trust you. So
0: how, how do you get that engagement? How do you as an employee... Um, you know, I guess there's a number, but let's say 50 employees. How do you get that attention? What, what do you do as an employee working from home?
1: Yeah, you know, so a lot of, I think, companies and a lot of leaders that are in what we talked about before that camp that's not for working from home. The big thing they always say is employee engagement. Well, how do we keep an employee yeah, engaged if they are not coming to the office? It's all about the people. When I go into the office, I don't go in and I think, oh, like, I love the company sign is here and they got great soap in the bathroom i i go for the people and i go you know for that relationship i have with my with my leader and for with my team can you have that relationship over skype can you have it over your phone absolutely you can and that that's why you need to schedule regular touch bases i mean it it, it's different for everybody
0: would you would you schedule uh regular touch bases where you go in and have a like a visit is that is that a good plan is that uh is that
1: I think it's based on, um, location. Well, that location for one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Individual need Mm -hmm. for myself. Yes. hundred percent need that for my wife. No, she could go a year without seeing anybody, but she talks to her team every day. Mm -hmm. They work very closely with one another. They support each other. Her manager calls her every day. I'm talking every day. I hear her talking to her manager. Um, and it's, I think that for her drives her engagement for me, you know, depending on the job, I could do remotely and not t- touch base. I love, you know me, I love getting out there and Maybe. doing employee engagement events and, and doing off sites. And I think those are very, very important for, for driving engagement. But is it the, you know, the make or break or for employee engagement as a whole? No, not at yeah. all. So
0: okay. Hit me again.
1: All right. Well, so let's talk yeah, about adults. Do so uh, don't hide. And I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, turn your camera on for calls. Yeah, These people that don't turn their cameras on. All that—that that screams to me that you're not ready. That you're not ready for the call. You're—you're uh, you're insecure about maybe how you look or how you're presenting yourself. It would be the same as not—is ju- just not showing up for work one day if you were working um, in a non-telecommuting world. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta show up. And I—and I think that actually um, segues into my next point here. Well, is, hold on, hold. on, yeah.
0: Let me pump your brakes on that, but. You know, there are times where you don't want to turn your camera on. Just announce it. Like if you're a normal person, 90% and 100% of the time you have your camera on. There's times I don't turn mine on, but I'll, I'll actually announce, um, you know, I'm not turning it on and I'll, I'll say why. But if I don't have my camera on, would I ask, um, you know, anyone as, as a, some help, have a picture of yourself on the screen versus your initials. You know, teams in Skype point. and Zoom yeah. have SL or CL or JK, um, put a picture of yourself there. At least people can engage and see that you're there. Um, it kind of softens it a bit if you're not physically on, on that call.
1: No, I, I agree. You're right. So let's say you just had surgery on your face or something and you don't want, I, I also think it has to do with who the audience is. Now, if you're just talking to your team and they're used to seeing your face every day, then yeah, you don't really need to turn your microphone on. But if you're on a call with a, with the executive or you're on a call with a client, you're trying to close a sale, ultra important. And like I said, segues into the next piece here, which is, is do dress appropriately. I know you're at home wearing a hoodie and wearing, you know, uh, shirts with holes in it. I mean, I get it. You're going to have your cat jump on your lap during a call. All that stuff is is, is passable nowadays, but I think you should still dress appropriately. And not just that, um, I think it adds some normalcy and a bit of a routine as well. Like, you know, if I talk about my wife's routine in the morning, every morning she gets up, she still has a shower, she does her hair, she puts her makeup on, Mm -hmm. she works from home. She could just sit in her house coat all day and keep her camera off and probably be more comfortable but I think it also gives her a sense of normalcy. She feels like she's still getting up. She's ready to go. In those days where she does have to go into the office, she's it's ready. not a huge burden for her. She's ready. Yeah. Um, don't chase distractions. So the bright and shiny. You're sitting at home. You got animals you want to play with. You got to take the dog for a walk. You got some laundry you got to do. The refrigerator is a big one. I mean, for me, I love to eat. I'm constantly in the fridge. If I'm at the office, I have a packed lunch or, I'm, or I know I'm going out for lunch, mm-hmm. I'm not going yeah. in the
0: fridge unless yeah. I'm stealing your lunch. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't eat nuts. so <laughs> um, that, That's a good point, right? Don't chase the shiny things around the house. Um, you know, the laundry needs to be done. We get all that. But that's on your personal time. That's not to be done on, on, on your work time.
1: Um, the next on my list here is, is do invest in the right equipment. Mm -hmm. Now, I know some of it is subsidized um, through your company and it should be, um, especially when you're talking ergonomics,
0: right? Ergonomics, for sure.
1: But at the same time, you know, make sure um, you have the appropriate amount of screens, you've got a decent chair and you have a proper workspace. Uh, So many people I see working from their dining room table, they're working from even a coffee shop, which is fine from time to time, but if you're going to work full time from home, imagine spending a whole year working off your dining room table. Uh, not only is that terrible for your your you know your health, but it's yeah. just it's just it, it's just not comfortable. How do you feel like you're at home? How do you feel engaged? I just I I think it's a really uh, big don't.
0: So. Yeah, one one more for me uh, to add to that uh, from ergonomics, and and it gets me uh, when I'm in those calls. Um, pay for the high speed internet. Like the glitchy, oh, I can't use my camera because it cuts out because I didn't pay for the bandwidth. If you're working from home and you're committed to work from home, pay the extra dollars for the internet. Maybe you can negotiate with your company, and I'll we'll talk. We'll do a session on negotiation um, in one of the next episodes. But negotiate or pay, just pay outright for that additional bandwidth. I know
1: we're ten in time. So yeah, I'm gonna, so I'm going to burn through just real quick here. Have a backup plan. Internet goes down. Are looking for a job? No, but I'm talking about like, you got a workspace at home. You're working from home full time. Oh, yeah. My wife, if if shit goes sideways, she's at the Starbucks and she knows there's Wi-Fi there and she can have a coffee. And those are those ad hoc movements that you have to be able to do if your internet goes down or your power goes out. You stormy season. This is the time of year where that happens. Yeah.
0: Co-work workspace. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Don't forget to take regular breaks. You wouldn't miss your doctor's appointment. So, so why don't take a break at home? Mm -hmm. I get it. You're not commuting to work. You've got extra time on your plate. You want, maybe you want to plow through, you got a tight deadline, take a, you got to take a coffee break, Yeah, eat eat a lunch. Last but not least, you've already mentioned this, but you got to set your hours. So make sure you have a plan of attack for the day. I used to write an agenda out. You don't have to be that diligent, but have your hours established, talk to your boss, um, from an employee's perspective, talk to your leader and establish that I'm most effective yeah. from nine to five because my kids don't leave the house till eight forty-five, yeah. or I'm most effective at seven because I get up at four forty-five like my man Jay does, and that's when I'm most effective. So those are my hours, yeah. and as long as that's mutually agreed upon between you, the boss, or sorry, your leader—I shouldn't say boss—but and the team, then you're golden. But if yeah. you're just kind of all over willy-nilly, it's it's going to negatively affect you as a, as an employee. So. Yeah
0: fantastic what a wrap hey what a wrap clint thank you so much um for that um what we're going to do now we're going to jump um to to the spirit side the fun side of of um of the of the podcast here i've been so, i've been
1: uh, indulging the entire
0: podcast actually <laughs> so what we're going to do uh, we're, this is uh, our first one of episode one we're going to work on the um the um, maple old fashioned. Um, myself and Clint, we kind of like it a little bit more alcoholic, uh, but you can you can um, you can make add a little bit more uh, sugar or a little bit more maple syrup to it. Um, so what we're gonna do when we have a stirring uh, dish here? Well, well, let me ask
1: you. So for the folks that don't know what's
0: in an old fashioned, I've heard it many times. What what is an old fashioned? What's in it? yeah okay so a true old-fashioned and and not the you know not some of the ones you get at some of the local restaurants Um, a true old-fashioned really is bourbon um, is bitters and a little bit of simple syrup or uh, maple syrup or you know you can use a sugar cube and crush it down and, and and mull it um, that's basically it and then you garnish it with a lemon you don't or not lemon or orange and you just use the orange peel and put it on top It's, it's more for aroma for your nose. It's not uh, The flavor of orange into the drink.
1: Yeah, I've seen actually uh, some bartenders or you know mixologists they'll actually put the orange peel under a flame so like a lighter Burnt orange. Yeah, Yeah, they kind of like the burnt orange, but you know the the oils in citrus fruits um, become more alive and more aromatic when they do that. So Jason right now is uh, mixing the drink. He's got a beautiful, it looks like crystal almost, uh, mixer, he's got the long spoon, trying to paint a picture for our audience here. Using maple syrup, that's why it's the maple old fashioned, normally old fashioned as Jay said, made with simple syrup but the, uh, the maple adds a little bit of that maple flavor. And it's, I find it not as sweet as, as straight simple syrup. And for me, I don't like my cocktails uh, sweet, not even really at all, to be honest. But I'm really looking forward to trying this, uh, this maple fashion. It's gonna be a first for me. Add in the bitters. We're, gonna, to add the, to we're gonna add
0: the bitters to the glass on their own. We've mixed and chilled the bourbon on ice. Uh, what, we, what we do is we put a large ice cube into the um, glass, the drinking glass, so one of the large, rounded ice cubes. Well, you, could use, the, you could use a cube if you, you want. use a regular cube, yeah, but yeah. It, this just you know allows it to stay cold longer. Um, and I have a couple of silicone uh, cube holders. Now, I'll give you a little trick that I learned online here. The silicone cubes can obtain scents or smells from your refrigerator or freezer, uh, one way of getting rid of those smells, uh, if they're truly silicone, put them on a baking sheet. Put them in the oven for 35 uh, minutes at 350, and you'll eliminate the smell in the the um, in the in uh, silicone. So is it
1: silicone or silicone?
0: Silicone? I'm going to go with cone. Is it I like cone.
1: Bagel or bagel?
0: Oh, potato or potato. <laughs>
1: milk or milk.
0: <laughs> okay, so we're going to pour it over the ice cube. Oh, it smells delicious, actually. Uh, we're using uh, Knob Creek nine year, fifty proof. Well, it's
1: sort—it's a hundred proof. 100. It's got fifty percent alcohol. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Glenn. Yeah, no worries. I'm an expert. I'm not an expert on leadership. I'm an expert on spirits. That's why I'm here.
0: Okay. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna just ring the glass with the uh, with the orange with the orange zest. It's just a shaving of uh, an orange with a uh, the potato shaver. I'm going to lay it on there. Okay, here we go. Hold on. Do we cheer? Yeah, we cheer. Cheers. Cheers. cheers, absolutely. Cheers. 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 Oh, that's sexy. Ooh, that's deadly. Well, oh, I like that, it. That's a wrap for us. Um, as always, drink responsibly, stay safe, mm-hmm. be humble. We'll see you again next time.
1: Adios, amigos.